Hello, this is Diane from Diane Abroad. The show is In the Know, her podcast show. Um, I'm an international solo nomad, an author, a travel blogger, and a photographer. And I'm here to provide you writing tips, travel tips, and my views of life from savvy and thoughtful to quirky and humorous. The music that you hear, Jazz Infusion Piece, was written for me by Raphael Javadov, an incredible Russian violinist. We thank him for that music, of course. And I hope you enjoy the show. Part one, the cameraman. I didn't know the purpose of the event at the local golf club. Just that Brent, a new acquaintance, had sent me an email suggesting that I attend. My instincts told me this would be a different group of people. And if you know me, you know I'm always eager to make new friends. I had relocated to the island four years prior from a small town in South Jersey. I left my beautiful art studio. I left Sam, my rescue dog, who lovingly howled whenever I asked him simply to talk to me. I left Dr. Cat, my huge tabby I had adopted from the Humane Society in Minneapolis. I left an impressive social life with community leaders who were of substantial means and gave freely to the college where my husband was the president. And finally, I left my husband. Let me break away for a moment from the story I'm about to tell you. The cameraman. This is part one. There'll be two parts. It's important to note that this is a true story. I wrote it in about, I think it was 2007. It occurred around 2007, that same year. It really did happen to me. But as you know, writers often change the names and the places to protect the innocent. And in this case, I'm changing some things just to protect the innocent but potential guilty players. Back to the story. As I mentioned, I left quite a few things and people and animals and I left my life and I left my husband in South Jersey. Leaving was a challenge in many ways, yet it was the best decision I had made in a very long time, certainly in the prior seven years. It was liberating, to say the least. However, without a doubt, leaving was formidable, but not for the reasons that you would assume. Let me explain. My art studio. My art studio was less than a year old. I hired men to build the shell, but I, but I did the inside. I installed the insulation the Luan plywood walls, the wood-burning stoves, the cabinets, the sink. My father, who had died 12 years earlier, taught me all those skills when I was a girl. In this, in my private space, I wore his canvas belt. I used his old tools, and I created a perfect space for my creativity, for my art, painting, and sculptural ceramics. 
you know, that art studio was so important to me. I felt my father and I heard him every day, all day in that studio. It was a beautiful experience that conjured up long forgotten memories. The studio served both as an escape from the realities of an unhappy marriage and an adventure back into my innocent, youthful, hardworking tomboy days <laughs> alongside my father. I was blessed to have my father's spirit and those warm memories with me in my studio. Regarding the social life, I also left in my departure from South Jersey. Our social life was always tinged in Jersey with an angst given the relationship with my husband. Still, I enjoyed my friends. They were interesting and fun. Plus, I admired their commitment to the college and the community. We traveled together. We discussed important topics over fine dining at the best restaurants. We celebrated ho holidays side by side. Because of their relationship to my husband and my college, and his college, unple unpleasant or not, my private life was private, and I kept it so. My biggest sorrow was that I couldn't tell them goodbye. I knew, I knew in my heart that my secret departure would be offensive to them. I cried. And as I said, I also grieved when I was forced to leave my Sam and Dr. Cat. I couldn't find lodging for them. I couldn't find lodging that would permit animals. And because I was in the throes of a divorce, I had no idea of my economic status. I was in limbo. After a failed marriage, it was pretty easy to seal off any interest in the opposite sex. Triple that when you're hitting 60 and living on a small island. Time is short for that sort of thing, and available men are virtually nil. As it turns out, though, my new single life was filled with tennis, art, reading, writing, traveling, spiritual growth, my new puppy, Tasha, and my family and friends. Life was so good. Correction, let me, let me correct that. My life was magic. Of all the unmarried and unattached women I know, most seek out relationships. As for me, I don't. I don't have time, nor do I care to search. Been there, actually. Been there and done that. I'm pretty good at everything I do, except perhaps romantic relationships. Somehow, I choose the men... I choose men who are limited in their abilities to demonstrate that they value a woman, or certainly they are limited in their abilities to demonstrate that they value me for who I am. Actually, I, recently I've given myself somewhat of a pass and decided this. Nope, nope, nope. It's not that I chose men. 
Rather, I allowed men who were limited, bless their hearts, to choose me. Well, those days are over and I say, good riddance, I'm too busy being happy following my passions. But alas, let us return to the political rally that I began discussing in the very first paragraph of this story. I had no business being there because I'm from a different political bent. But I say live and let live. Besides, I crave meeting interesting people and I long for good conversations where the passion and energy reaches a level that causes my heart to race and my brain to soar. Actually, it's more than a craving. I'm, I'm lusting for that. I look for that all the time. The crowd was settling at the political rally, jockeying for seats. Out of the corner of my eye, a, t- a, a tall, thin fellow dressed in bl- a blue striped woven shirt and neatly pressed khakis, snapping photos with his camera, caught my attention. He darted around the room with ease, snapping, smiling, shaking a hand here and there with an appealing, an appealing intensity. The cameraman was passionate about what he was doing. I'm passionate about passion. My friend Brent took the microphone and started his introduction. He introduced us to a man named Sexton who was running for political office. He had my full attention, Brent did. And at that point, the cameraman was already a distant memory. The room quieted. A few stragglers found their seats. And I opened my writing pad thinking I might hear a few things, a few, some information that would be useful t- for my blog. Now, let me digress on that. I created this blog about our little community on this lovely island, and it grew into a website visited by thousands of readers, some who lived on the island, some who visited the island, some who wanted to be on the island, and all who wanted to know what was happening on the island, whether it be arts, entertainment, sporting events, music, politics, lodging, whatever, whatever was happening on the island. It was on my website. Okay, now back to the political rally. Suddenly, the cameraman sat down right next to me. Odd, I thought. There were plenty of seats all across the room. Yet, he sat next to me. He placed his camera on the table, opened up his briefcase and pulled out a small tablet, and he began taking notes. The presentation began and we both wrote. The woman sitting next to me sort of elbowed me and nodded toward the cameraman and whispered, Who's that? Who's that? She must have noticed him too. Oh, I don't know. I said, I don't know. And I just shrugged my shoulders. Sexton, the political candidate running for office, spoke for about 15 minutes and he opened the floor for questions for another 15 minutes and the rally was over. The cameraman turned to me and began talking. Actually, 
truth be told, I don't remember how he started the conversation because my eyes were glued to his clear, bright, and blue. He had a nice, wide smile. His face was open. He was curious. I could tell, even earlier, he was a curious man, eager for new friendships. He seemed genuinely interested in other people. Well, actually, at this point, he seemed genuinely interested in me. Handing me his card, he introduced himself. He said he was a news reporter from Clearwater doing a story on Sexton. He gave, I gave him my card and explained some about my background and career and so forth. He wanted to know, for example, how long I lived on the island, what brought me to the island, what brought me to this rally, what did I think of Sexton, and our conversation began. To say that I was unexpectedly taken with him, I was taken with him, is an understatement, frankly. I was kind of flabbergasted. As we, as I've said earlier in this story, the notion of a romantic relationship is just not on my radar screen. A and I don't meet men that interest me. As they say, my antenna are down. My sensors are down. Well, my antenna not only are down, they're probably crumpled inside my head. Discreetly, I checked his left hand. No wedding ring and no white ring where perhaps a wedding band had once been. My antenna struggled but managed to stretch upwards. Well, you know, I just kind of went with it, smiling, leaning forward, even touching his arm. His eyes were riveted on my face. I was enamored by his attention, and it revived and nourished a long, lost emotions. As we continued, I realized he was a very good reporter, efficient at retrieving information, comfortable asking questions, really adept at creating a sense of conversation. I was certain that my analysis was accurate. That was the good news. Of course. The bad news was my scrutiny also revealed that he was simply interviewing me. His conversations with me was about my work. After all, he was a newspaper reporter. I felt my antenna squeak back down, hide deeply into my brain once again. I regrouped. I decided that I was glad I attended the event. I enjoyed seeing Brent again. I was pleased to meet other people at the event, even though I, they're acquaintances, and I was happy and delighted to learn more about state politics. I was content as I drove off, eager to get on with my daily errands, when my cell phone jingled, signaling, signaling a new text. It was from the cameraman. 
and he attached a link to his Sexton article, said he enjoyed our conversation, said he was planning to come back and visit the island in a few weeks, and would I have a coffee or a drink with him. That was fast. How did he write it so quickly? I envied him. It was nice, too, don't you think? Well, I wrote back, sure, me too. Let me know when. We emailed a few times over the next couple of weeks. Nothing of substance, of course, just logistics and small pleasantries. Yes, I was attracted to him. He was cute. And I remember he was kind of dorky. I like dorky. He was extremely intelligent. He he was a quick wit, had a good sense of humor, and he was intense. I conceded that he might be attracted to me, but could it be? Well, just maybe it could, but, but something nagged at me. My instincts told me that he might be married. I knew I needed to find out in a circuitous way. So, I emailed him. I said, looking forward to your visit. What are your plans? Is this work or play? Will you be bringing your family? If yes, I'm happy to find activities for everyone. Let me know. He replied pretty quickly. He said, me too. Some work, some play. I will be alone. He didn't say he wasn't married. Did you get that? He said, some work, some play. I will be alone. Damn. He's married. I knew it. I just knew it. That's the end of part one. I hope it piqued your attention. I hope you're eager to hear part two. I'm eager for you to comment below and tell me what you think of this podcast. I also urge you to uh, subscribe so you can get part two of The Cameraman. I hope it is of interest to you. I'm signing off. This is Diane at Diane Abroad in my podcast show, In the Know. Email me if you want a free ebook of photos for my travels. Email me at diane at dianeabroad.com. Have a great day.